from Podcast One. Coming up in this episode of Target USA. Previously on Target USA. By now, you know the story of Jamal Khashoggi, the Saudi journalist who was killed in Istanbul inside the Saudi consulate seeking documents to marry his fiancée. Now, this explosive revelation. Jamal, we agreed to get married in my big holiday, which is in June, the 17 days in June. I arrived to uh, Washington, 2nd of June. He was waiting for me in Washington, D.C. airport with the marriage ring. And now, on this episode of Target USA, they got married and returned to their lives, the normal routine. But then he disappeared and she realized she had nothing to certify that she was married to him. So she began trying to get her marriage certificate from an imam located in Virginia. Imam Anwar Hajjaz was very cooperating with me, was very nice with me in the beginning. But as soon as he saw the witness step back, he started shaking, he started to change. He stopped to answer my phone. So what prompted everyone to shut down and turn away from her? We'll get the answers coming up in this edition of Target USA. The National Security Podcast. From WTOP in Washington, D.C., this is Target USA. Russia could render huge harm to this country. North Korea's secret missile. Capable of reaching the whole of the United States. Dangerous terrorist. D.C. is repeatedly mentioned as someplace they would like to seek an attack. Cyber criminals. Decryption successful. America has a target on its back. And on this program, we investigate the threats, the people behind them, the agencies fighting them, and the impact on you. This is Target USA, the National Security Podcast. I'm J.J. Green. This is a story that I've said before is unusual for Target USA. It does not involve elements of national security directly, but it does involve countries in that orbit. And it's more about a personal situation, about a famous person who worked for a U.S. company that you may not know these details about. Jamal Khashoggi went to Turkey, to Istanbul, to the Saudi consulate to get documents to get married. Turns out, according to Hanan El-Utter, he was already married to her. Previously, we hadn't heard her story. We saw an article in the Washington Post from 2018 that indicated they were married. But then she was not identified in that article. This is the first time she's identified herself fully. This is also the first time she's explained the difficulty she's had in getting her marriage documents from an imam in Virginia. Hanan, why are you identifying yourself now? Why is it important to identify yourself now? Two things. Yeah, it's for my dignity. And this is the most important thing, and I will hold on to it. And I will not give up to make it very clear. Because I'm a wife, I'm a legal wife of Jamal Khashoggi until his death. I'm a last wife of, of Jamal. I feel being humiliated by the neglecting, and I couldn't take a certificate for my marriage. Mm-hmm. Okay. Second, I cannot be a Muslim girl and just uh, be married and I don't have a certificate. So what are your thoughts about realizing that he had uh, someone else, that he was this 
the fiance. I want to clarify something very clear. And I said it uh, to Greg Miller from Washington Post and the lady called Suad. Um, I said, I don't know anything about this lady. The person in question is Haitis Sengiz. She wrote a global opinion piece in the Washington Post on September 29th of this year. And it was titled, My Quest for Justice Continues, It's Not Too Late. She said, when Jamal asked me to marry him, I knew I would not just be his wife once we were wed. I would also be his life's companion, his partner in good times, and his supporter when things got tough. What I did not know is that he would be brutally murdered at a consulate of his home country, a consulate he visited to procure documents that would allow us to marry. This essentially was the same story that Hanan el Utter told us. So we asked her again about Haiti's Sengiz. My husband was with me three days before he got to Istanbul. I have no idea. What I understand when he got engaged to me in April, he put a ring in my finger. And I don't know what I hear in the media is true or false. I don't know what is going on because I keep uh, hearing information from all sides. I don't know what is the truth, what is the false. Hmm. Yeah. Has anyone from this lady's family or has she spoken to you? No. And no need. We tried to contact Haiti Sengiz with no luck. But if she or someone who knows her hears this interview and can put her in touch with us, we'd gladly talk to her and hear what she has to say. In the meantime, we continued our conversation with Hanan el So... What is your ultimate goal now? Um, you've, you've said very clearly that you uh, you want to get rid of this humility. You yes. want to you, you restore your dignity. Yes. Uh, and respect, which, you know, is totally understandable. What do you say to those uh, uh, who say that you are ruining the image of Mr. Khashoggi? Um, by telling your story? I would like them to visit my social media, please. Uh, Facebook and Twitter and see what I wrote about my husband. I would like them to know this year I sit in my house for two months because I've been forced to have an interview with Al Arabiya channel. In January this year, I refuse. And the punishment came later. And the, I, my passport being taken in middle of February, I was in a house for two months because I don't want to say anything harming my loved mm-hmm. reputation, Jamal Khashoggi. I saw this man, how is he a great man? It's, we was having a twin soul. I had a clock hanging in my bedroom and my living room by Washington time to wake him up every day morning and to give him a push for the life. Mm-hmm. Uh, one more thing want me to I'm holding to this to certify my marriage the Saudi authority they leaked the information about me in 16 of November the first information leaked about me and Washington Post can prove this because they be- keep begging me to come forward and to write an article with my full name obvious which is I refuse totally 
and uh, they said the information will leak one day, Hanan. Suddenly, on 16 of November, I receive a WhatsApp message from Mr. Matar Al-Ahmadi. I still have it, telling me, Hanan, your photo all over the media, your photo in a Twitter, and he sent me a copy from the photo. Mm-hmm. If a Saudi authority like to leak the information about me, why they don't recognize me and they know from from Emirati intelligence, I'm a wife of Jamal Khashoggi. The Emirati authority asked my permission to tell Saudi authority and asked me to go and meet the consul of Saudi in Dubai, which is I did in 11 of November 2018. And I hand Mr. Abdel Hadi wherever I can remember this time because I was in a shock. I didn't give him a lot of evidence, a lot of information. Mm-hmm. And later on, I collect bits, bits of pieces and papers. I got more more of my memory back what what to prove my, my marriage. Mm-hmm. If you doing this with me and you choose to use me to damage his reputation, why you don't recognize me as a legal wife, as a bear of Islam? I got married as bear Sharia in law and I follow Sharia in law and I been I want to be recognized as a wife. If they leak the information about me, they should recognize me. Mm-hmm. Not to leave me with the insult, embarrassed, put my family down. People say, oh, she's married or she's a girlfriend. She's mistress or she's a wife. I'm a wife of Jamal Khashoggi as per Sharia in law until his death. Um, that's powerful, Hanan. So to the wedding, you got married, but you... You could not get the documents from the imam because the imam said there's no printer. Later, the imam said he would he said he would send the documents to you later. Um, no documents ever came. Never. So you have confronted the imam about this. All of this happened as soon my husband disappeared. I start to be awake and alert mm-hmm. because while my husband alive, he was traveling and I was traveling as well. And I didn't think about to get this evidence because I wasn't worried. This is the man I trust. This is the man I loved. This is the man I believed in. I believed in him, Jamal, and I still believe in him. And I still trust Jamal. And I know what's happening. It was out of his hand and out of my hand as well. The circumstance where we came from, from mm-hmm. Middle East. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I lost my husband because I could be pregnant from the last meeting of my husband. Yeah, Jamal was with me in 7 of, uh, of September in Sheraton, New York, and I have the room number. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I'm sure if they went, and they, they will find a trace for me and Jamal okay. in the room. Um, I could be pregnant. I get up, I might be having a child or something. I have to have some evidence in my hand. Then mm-hmm. I start to call Imam. Imam was, was very cooperating with me, was very sympathetic with me in the beginning. Until the article of Washington Post came out. Before the article of Washington Post came out, I was running after Imam Khalid Safuri and Raghid Mu'min Aqla to get them signed the certificate. I have a message from Imam Kilir saying, my daughter, they don't want to come and sign. Should I send you the certificate, which is his deed? He sent it from his email and I still have his email. Yes, okay, from Imam Arhad. But I surprised it was without a signature. No signature. Imam Anwar Hajjaz was very cooperating with me, was very nice with me in the beginning. But as soon he saw the witness step back, he started shaking. He started to change. He stopped to answer my phone. Why do you think that happened? I don't know about the law here. 
and they want to answer. So you don't know why the imam stopped communicating with you? Yeah, and surprise for, uh, I, I did surprise him from one of Jamal number. So when when is the last time that you communicated with the imam? We surprised him, me and my Saudi lawyer, Mr. Walid Al-Mutari. We surprised him in his uh, university in uh, uh, 1st of May, uh, 1st or 2nd of May 2018, uh, 2019, 2019. We came here to finalize, to make everything peaceful away from the media because I care about Jamal name. I don't want people to know what is, I'm going through, something personal. I don't want to spray it all over. Mm-hmm. I was very care and I told uh, my message proof to you. I will show it to you. I, to, I beg them, please sign the certificate for my dignity. I might be pregnant. I don't want um, this issue to be leaked to the media. I don't want to take it further. Please sign the certificate. In fact, I promised them to sign it, but put it in a safe with the imam in his university. I will take it from him, whatever you wish, mm-hmm. whatever you allow it me. Is there any financial concern? Not at all. Here? Not at all. It didn't will, come to my mind. Will there be perhaps some lawsuit against the Saudi government or something? It didn't come to my mind. My main target to make it very clear to be recognized as Jamal legal wife and this his death. If they choose to, to leak the information about me, I should be recognized. I cannot live in a society people assume she's a girlfriend, she's a wife. No, I was his wife until his death. I supported him. I was giving him a moral support. I loved him. And I will always, I still have my mother, which is one real, one Saudi real. I just show it to Mr. George. I will show it to you. Mm. In fact, to make it very clear, he told a big amount of thousands of dollars to the imam. Because mm-hmm. the imam asked, did you, you talk, give her maher and muakhar? Then imam uh, Jamal answered, thousands. But I did not. I took from him one Saudi real. Mm. That's it. Uh, Hanan, you know, there are other journalistic organizations that are much more prominent, much bigger, much more well-known, much more global. So I'm interested in knowing why you agreed to talk to me about the story. Okay, uh, I will go back a little bit. You asked me a question when I came, why your name didn't appear proper in uh, Washington Post article. When Jamal disappeared, I decided with my family, I don't come in the media. After this all of mass, this information from here and there, bits and pieces, my mom, she said, with the dignity, with respect, do not hurt his kids because they know me. And three of the kids, they know me. And uh, I decided not to come in the media. But later on, when I struggle with this, and all of my friends is a journalist, and people start asking me quietly, and I refuse a lot of channels. I, I refused uh, France Van Quatre. I refused in the beginning Washington Post. Washington Post, they the one uh, chase me. Uh, the, uh, the gentleman from Istanbul, uh, Karim Fahmi, he's the one reach me first. He's very smart. Then I refused to give him um, the interview over the phone. I've been advised by a professional journalist not to go over the phone by meeting them here when I come to my flight. Mm -hmm. When I meet them, I said with the concern of my job as a cabin crew, we're not allowed to appear in the media. If I appear in the media with my full name, that's meaning I will lose my job, which is I support my family from this job. Mm -hmm. Second, it's against my safety as well. 
the concern of my safety. That's why we didn't publish the marriage. But authority in United Arab Emirates, they know from the first day I got engaged to Jamal. From April, they know I'm engaged to Jamal. Mm-hmm. This for sure. Um, then I, I, I stopped talking to a media, I avoid media, they chase me, different journalists, Ashraq uh, al-Awsat, a lot of uh, Arabic and non-Arabic uh, journalists. In fact, I, I helped two people to write a book about Jamal, Ben Hort, the representative of New York Times in, in uh, Beirut, mm-hmm. and uh, Mr. Johnson, uh, I will give you his full name, he's an uh, English guy, he wrote a book, he published it yesterday mm. in London, yes. Yeah. Um, I help them with the information because I know this is not an article. I will not put my full name immediately in a newspaper or in a TV. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't want a book to be published and there is a missing information because there is a mess about the information about Jamal. I read an article for a lady, uh, BBC, called Jean Cooper, uh, Corpen. I read it and I called Johnson in London. I said, there is a lot of wrong information in this article. He said, Hanan, we cannot get accurate information because people losing memory, people scared, people. I said, there is a lot of basic information wrong about my husband. He said, mm-hmm. Hanan, if it's published, we cannot do anything and I'm not her friend. What makes you trust me today to talk to you about this my, and to do this? My story? lawyer, Mr. George, Mr. George and his uh, people, his team. Looking after, and we I told, trust him. We did tell her good things about you. Yeah, and I, yeah, and I trust him. Uh, I go back a little bit for Washington Post. They beg me to put my full name with a picture when they, uh, they I told them the information being leaked by Saudi today. Uh, we had a conference over the phone and been taped to give them a right to publish the article about me, but I didn't allow them to put my full name. Uh-huh. Or the airline. Yeah. I'm a one told them. I can give you Greg, some background. Some yes, Greg Miller. About. Yeah, Greg Miller was begging me. Hanan, everybody know you. I said, but I don't. Cannot face uh, my my airline with my full name in your. Uh, so how will this impact your job with your full name being on this show, on this program? Now. Yeah. Because now everybody knows. Okay. And so. my work is knowing. Okay. Yeah. Having covered most of the key details about Hanan El-Adr's story, we went once again back to the story of the other woman, Haiti Sengiz. She still did not see any value in talking about it or engaging with her. I never heard about her. And what is the benefit out of it? To yeah. talk to her? What is, for what? What right. should I tell her or what should she tell me? Because I didn't know. My husband never told me. Uh, How do you feel about that? Do you think that's true? I don't know. i be honest. I don't know. Because mm-hmm. now I don't trust everything I hear. Because I mean, I just told you, there's a lot of wrong. Yesterday, they opened a memorial about my husband. They put his date of birth wrong, 13 October 58. My husband born in 23rd of March 1958. I have a copy of his passport. It's written January. But mm-hmm. actually, my husband being born in, in, in March, 23rd of March 1958. Mm-hmm. I don't know how come they put even a memorial wrong date of birth about my husband. Yeah. What they know about my husband. Yeah. It's looked to me like they have no knowledge about my husband. Right. What are you going to do now? Your story is out. Um, your name is out. Yeah. You still don't have your marriage certificate. Yes. So what, what's next? I will keep fighting until I get my marriage being recognized. And I get my dignity back because my family trusted me and I choose this man, which is I trust him and I love him and I steal. 
I still hold on to recognize my marriage. Forgive me for asking this, but uh, do you get sad about all this? Um, I wish the manager in my office she tell you how she saw me. I'm sorry. No, I couldn't stand on my feet. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make you cry. No, no, no. In the beginning, I wasn't like public people. I thought my husband being kidnapped and he's still alive there. And I told Khaled Safori, should I speak to Jihad al-Khazin to speak to Prince Khaled bin Sultan to get me to Saudi Arabia to be witness to a front of the trial if he faces a trial and to be witness about my husband? He said, no, Hanan, keep quiet. But later on, um, when I realized, no, Jamal is not there, I couldn't stand in my feet. There is a manager in my, mm. my, my work called Suwaiba, and she saw me, my, my, my friends was carrying me. I couldn't stand in my feet. Mm. This man was a great man. You sit down with him. He sit down with all race, with all nationality, with all religion. He have a different view from you, and he will make you walk away smile. Mm-hmm. I never seen this, except for Jamal Khashoggi. As much he have a peace in himself, and he honest in his personal and public life, no one knows how he was honest in both sides. Jamal was, mm-hmm. which is make me hold on to him and patient and supporting him. And I'm very proud. There is one message between me and him in July. I had a surgery and he said, Hanan, I want to make you happy. I should make you happy. I replied to him. I said, Jamal, I'm proud I'm with you. And you are a free man, a great man. You still stand for a right. You say your word this wise way. And you're very honest. And you love your country. His roots is Turkish. Mm-hmm. Over 100 years back. But he said, Hanan, I'm proud I'm being Arab. I'm proud I'm being Saudi. Mm-hmm. When we get married, I want him to wear the kandura of Saudi. And he said, I stitched it to him in Dubai. Because when he ran away to, to Washington, um, there is a reason why he ran away. Because they deny his access to United Arab Emirates. That's mm-hmm. why he decided to run away. Mm-hmm. Um, when they deny access to United Arab Emirates and attend one of the conferences in Abu Dhabi, he realized, no, he might be dangerous. But he never, to make it very clear, he never been scared about his life or safety. He was always scared about his stability and the passport nationality. That's why he wants to get the Turkish nationality, to give him some shelter, some, national, uh, some stability, some freedom. But mm-hmm. he was he never come back home and he put the chain in the door. Before we go to sleep, I'm a one go and secure the door. First day of Ramadan, he took long time to answer my call because his daughter arrived the day before. He didn't sleep early. He get up late. He find 20 missed calls from me. When he didn't answer, I was panicked. He laughed. He called me back and he laughed. Hanan, why are you scared? What, what will happen to me? They will never have harm me, Hanan. I'm a peaceful person. They might slap me, humiliated me, but never will have nothing to happen to me. But he was panic about his freedom, mm-hmm. about the passport. When he passport, Saudi passport will be expired, it will not be renewed. He knows this very well. That's why we have to have another alternative to save some, some money or to use his money to buy a house in Turkey to get the, the Turkish nationality. Plus his background will help him. And that's why he was in Istanbul? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well... 
combat, as you can imagine, and perhaps as you sensed listening to it, was a very heavy interview. This was not an easy story to pursue. I have reached out to the imam involved, the imam's lawyer, and have not heard from either. We've reached out several times. As I said, we've tried to reach the fiancé in Turkey, but have not heard. But we continue to pursue this story, not because we don't believe Hanan or because we don't believe anybody. It's just not our job to take a position on this. It's just our job to dig for the facts in the situation. And we haven't heard enough to say one way or the other what happened. But what we do know is that Hanan and her legal team are continuing to pursue that marriage certificate. And when we find out what happened, we'll let you know. As I've mentioned to you a couple of times, this is a little different from what we do on Target USA, which focuses on threats to the U.S. and the actors behind those threats and what's being done to deal with them. This was a story about a journalist who worked for an American company, the Washington Post, who was murdered. And so that in itself is a part of our national security theme. Hanan El Otter's story is important because it's a story that nobody really has ever heard. And it is our job as journalists, as I often say, to find those stories, to find the news that people don't know about. That's the essence of news. It's not what people are talking about, it's what we don't know about. And that's what we were doing with this case. But on our next program, we get back into the Target USA wheelhouse. And we do it by asking this question. Do you know what actually happens during a presidential phone call? On the day of the call, the uh, Situation Room director would normally go to the Oval Office where he would join the National Security Advisor, one of his deputies perhaps, uh, maybe the White House Chief of Staff, usually a senior director of the NSC who is responsible for the area of the world that that leader is from. Uh, maybe a member or two of his or her staff would be there. And uh, they would prepare the president for the call. They would review talking points that the president probably got ahead of time, maybe overnight. That's Lawrence Pfeiffer, director of the Michael V. Hayden Center for Intelligence Policy and International Security at the George Mason University. He was also director of the White House Situation Room at one point. And in our next episode, we often hear about recordings of the president's voices and things that go on during these calls. You're going to be surprised to hear about some things that do not happen when these calls take place. That's coming up in our next episode of Target USA. If you have any questions about our program, send me an email at jgreen at wtop.com. That's the letter J, the color green. That's one word at whiskeytangooscarpapa.com. That's jgreen at wtop.com. Also, please subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Twitter at TUSA Podcast. That's at Tango Uniform Sierra Alpha Podcast. At TUSA Podcast. And you can also sign up for our newsletter inside the skiff at WTOP.com slash alerts. With that newsletter, you'll get more details than you ever imagined about stories that are important but that you've never heard of that have to do with national and international security. That's inside the skiff. I'm J.J. Green, and this is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. 
Calling all true crime fans. This week, the Court Junkie podcast is tackling the Botham Jean murder trial, and you won't want to miss it. Join your hosts as they break down every detail of the trial and shine a light on the judicial system through deep dives into courtroom documents and interviews with those closest to the case. Download new episodes of Court Junkie podcast every week on Apple Podcast and Podcast One. Now, stay tuned for the latest headlines from the Associated Press.